Welcome to Healing the City Podcast. This is Sue Seepin with my wonderful husband, Eric Seepin. We're here on a Monday morning in the podcast studio at podcast the Village. studio. <laughs> Welcome. Today we're going to be talking about parenting. And uh, I think we'll just jump right in. We'll just jump right in. All right. It's only going to be like 13 to 15 minutes. Great. That sounds like a good dose of parenting concepts. We should start out by saying that we have two children. Yes. So we're parents. One is 15. He's a boy. His name is Elliot. And one is 19. Mm -hmm. And her name is Ashton. Yes. So in your life as a parent and in your work over the past however many years of pastoring and watching other people parent, what are some things that stand out to you as parenting principles that you think are really important? Well, I should have pulled out and have in front of me Sue Seepin's philosophy of parenting young children, which I just reposted on the Village website. I saw it. I was afraid to read it because I wrote it 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> it's really good. It has some good principles. So first, I don't I know what it says. <laughs> first, I would say you should read that. Uh, well, I, I think, I mean, the objective of being a parent in its most base level is, you know, don't uh, keep, them, keep them fed and <laughs> keep them safe. That's what you're working at. Yeah, you but, want some uh, basic nurture. Basic nurture. But I, I think ultimately as a protection. Follower, follower of Jesus, yes, protection, I'm looking to raise children um, whose hearts are open to Jesus. Because I think a lot of times mm-hmm. followers of Jesus, as they raise their children, sometimes teach their children a lot about Jesus, but don't teach them how to know Jesus. And so they get older Mm-hmm. And then they don't really know how to hear his voice. They don't know how to separate that from their parents. And so part of being a parent is moving your children towards hearing God mm-hmm. and knowing God on their own, mm-hmm. having their own experiences, giving them space to do that. Do you have a sense for what that looks like in a practical sense? Yeah, I, I think... Oddly enough, I think the key to parenting um, is not coming up with lots of philosophies of parenting and, and you know you know principles and all that kind of stuff. I think those are important, but I think the first step to parenting is realizing that if your marriage is not in a place where it's healthy, or if you're in some space where you're a single parent, if your relationship with God mm-hmm. in an individual way is not healthy then you're not going to have healthy parenting mm-hmm. um, principles because mm-hmm. part of part of being a good parent is being a good husband or being a good wife modeling um, what love looks like what sacrifice looks like what care looks like what gentleness looks like what forgiveness looks like um, what it looks like to um, give up your own uh 
your own demands for other people's good, those kinds of things. So I think modeling that mm-hmm. over a long period of time um, is the key. I think the other piece that brings up is that kids need something to gravitate around. Yes. So if parenting the kids is the center of a family, that doesn't actually give the kids anything to gravitate around. Right. And it, I think it creates insecurity because they become the center. And um, I think that the husband and wife relationship gives kids something to gravitate around or the husband-wife-God relationship, the single parent-with-God relationship, and what God is calling the family into uh, can create a safe center to gravitate around. Right. To gravitate may not be the right word. No, I I think that's good because I think what uh, I was thinking when you were saying that is that if your child is consistently interfering in the intimacy of your relationship with your spouse, meaning that child is more centric than you and your husband and you and your husband's relationship with Jesus together, then there's a problem Mm -hmm. in your parenting. Um, When the child dominates, and yes, when when your kid is born that that first (laughs) year, they're going to dominate. They're helpless. But as they begin to progress and being able to care for themselves, and, and communicate, they have to move further and further out of that in, that that intimacy between you and your husband, and you and your wife, um, in order for you to offer something good. Because you have to be, you have to have a place to offer things to your children from, and that usually comes out of your relationship with God and your spouse, like that triangle there, that intimacy. Then your child has a very rich place. If they consistently inter- interfere in that, then there's a problem. So usually with young parents, I'm like, if you're not if you're not figuring out how to get a date twice a month and get some space because you can't figure out, you know, uh, how to do that with your child, or if your child is you're not getting sleep and they're two, three years old and you're you're just constantly they are the center of things, then there's probably a problem in your parenting and you need to kind of talk about what that might be and usually it's in your relationship with your husband and wife not necessarily with them Mm -hmm. so i don't know if that makes sense but that's kind of where i think yeah so you spoke earlier about giving your children space to form a relationship with jesus do you have any practical thoughts on that well what does that look like i think one of the things, and people may disagree with me, and that's okay. One of the things I think you have to be very careful with when your children are young is you want to answer their questions about God, and you do want to teach them about God and about the Bible and how to be familiar with God. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to put God in a place where when the reality of who he is is challenged, they feel like their whole world is challenged. Mm-hmm. So they need to understand the concept of belief. And that's really what you're working at is helping them understand how to believe the, what doubt looks like and also how to be in a, how to be in a conversation where there isn't always an answer because Mm -hmm. a lot of times with little kids, we just want to give them an answer to things. Yeah. And so, yeah, they don't think abstractly. So you have to really work hard to have a conversation about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think part of it is that 
we sometimes as followers of Jesus and you know in our children's programs we teach old testament characters as heroes right um, and we skip a lot of the the darkness and brokenness of of the old testament and we shield our kids from that and i don't think that's a good idea mm-hmm. i think we need to let them as you know obviously age appropriate but right you, they need to feel the full weight of the brokenness that is betrayed in scripture and how god is working his way to deliver people not there's always an answer be like david be like joshua be like moses mm-hmm. um these are deeply flawed characters who who you don't want to be like right they have some qualities you might want to emulate but they're not the people you want to be like mm-hmm. but we hold them up that way so we have to be careful that way yeah, I mean, I think when I also, uh, when I think about parenting and creating space, part of creating space is being able to have order. And I think a lot of times that means being able to enforce consequences and be consistent and because that's how God is. Mm-hmm. God is very consistent with us and he stays true to his word and he involves himself in our lives. And a lot of times I think, we either feel really exhausted as parents and so we we try to use be the armchair general or we try to we don't step in in the harder places because we're going to get resistance from our kids mm-hmm. or we've had strict upbringings and so we want to give our children everything or we have our own issues and so we're afraid to have our children upset at us mm-hmm. um i mean i would never advise the a sitcom man with a plan but there is a line in that sitcom where that when they're talking about parenting is when your kids are unhappy you know you're doing the right thing mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's an element to that creating like a, a, a definite delineation between you and them and that they know that you're going to keep them safe but there is structures and expectations of them from one years old and up mm-hmm. you know and you find that that is a way of helping kids understand who God is. I do because I think kids, if they, it's really hard to connect to God if you didn't have an environment as a young kid that was safe Mm -hmm. because then you begin to doubt. um, You you begin to doubt God and you have to wrestle through a lot as as an adult in your childhood because you weren't safe or Mm you, and a lot of times that comes from your own parents shame your own parents uh fear of disappointing you you might be safe in the sense of the you got to eat and go to bed and that's really good for you i mean that's great and but maybe you ran the house all the time you got what you want Mm -hmm. um that's why i tell young parents you know zero to ten it's not about parenting it's not about like giving your kids what they want or doing the right thing. It's about your own sanity. How much sanity do you want in those first 10 years in order to be able to pour in for the next 10? Mm -hmm. You know, you don't want your kids to tire you out at a certain level. So some of that is you gotta. So the structure in some ways helps children develop an understanding of who God is, but it also helps you as a parent, uh, as a person. Yes create a living space that you're comfortable living in yeah yeah exactly no that's exactly (laughs) what i was i i I was thinking while you're saying that that part of that is that i fear god but Mm -hmm. not i don't fear him in a sense of like i think tomorrow he's going to show up and hit me with a lightning bolt or you know come out of nowhere and say you stupid man i but i fear him as a person 
who is greater than me, holier than, he's holy, he's, um, he's a creator of all things. There's a separateness between I am the creature, he's the creator. Mm-hmm. And there is an element, not in a, in a um, authoritarian or dictatorial way, but there is a way that I present God when I am, I am the parent and you are the child. Mm-hmm. And there is a delineation between those things. Mm-hmm. And so there are, there. I am the one who pours out blessing on you. Yeah. And I am the one who gives you direction. And your, in a sense, your praise of me, your engagement relationally with me um, has an impact on how I'm going to engage you. Um, so, you know, when you're obedient, then I, I'll move towards you in a different kind of relationship than if you're disobedient. Right. And that's a lot of the ways that God works with us. But then also you get to ch- teach grace in the midst of those. If you have that delineation, then grace can be taught hmm. and, and explained and talked about um, when kids are disobedient, things like that. I don't know. I mean, obviously parenting is a, it's always shooting in the dark. There are lots and lots of parenting books written about how you should do stuff. Right. I think it's always an experiment. It is. <laughs> it is. Because each parent is different and each child is different. Right. And, and, you know, and it's different from, you know, if you have one kid, you have no idea what it's like to have two kids. You can't really project into that. If you have two kids, you don't know what it's like to have three. Mm-hmm. If you have three, you don't know what it's like. I think until you get to six or seven, that's when it starts evening out. But you just don't know what those things are like. And so each, if you only have two, parenting two is very different than parenting three. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's only two adults to go around for three children. And I think you can't offer all the same things. Mm-hmm. Or you have to offer them in different ways um, yeah. than you would if you only had two or one or six. So I think some of the things, you know, they apply differently. But for us with just two, I mean, we've... I think we've tried to keep it simple. That's one of the things, we, you know, the com- lots and lots of rules make it very difficult for children. And make it make it difficult for parents to remember, <laughs> to remember what, what their what the rules were <laughs> and trying to enforce. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and I think also with parents, it's sort of the same thing, same philosophy that we use at the village. You know, it's sort of the in and out philosophy. You do a few things and you do them well. We can't, you know. If you're a burger place, don't make chicken. That's the kind of like as a parent, you may be the sports parent, mm-hmm. and that's who you are. That may not mean then you're the like you know, um, parent who goes out and spends lots of intimate time with their child, mm-hmm. you know, one on one because you're at sports games and you're doing, but that's what you do. So do that well and build a relationship in that context. Mm-hmm. You know, find the where your children and where you guys are going to kind of line up together and then put your time into relationship there um, as they are getting older. Um, Because really what you want is when you're, you know, in your late forties, like we are that your children as they're going into their twenties really want to have coffee with you. Really want to spend time and ask you about their life and want to talk about God with you and want to engage in, in a, in an adult relationship. Mm-hmm. And be able to speak into your life and offer you um, guidance and thoughtfulness, and you want to have that exchange. That's what you're basically developing these friends who who you have an intimate relationship with. Yeah, but, and it's ironic that that starts with structure. Yeah, you don't start with the friendship, right? <laughs> no, you don't. Right, you're that's the long game. But I also think 
um, that something that I've found in parenting is that it's it's challenging at some points to stay connected. Yes. And a lot of that has been my own shame mm-hmm. and my own issues around parenting and does this kid like me or not? And right. if they don't like me and things just aren't going well, it's really challenging during that season to stay connected and to keep moving towards them instead of just creating a story where they're that kid and we don't get along and I'm going to go my way and let them go their way and keep some superficial structures in place so we can survive together. But actually staying relationally connected during that, those times uh, is challenging, but it is something that matters in the long run. Right. But I'm also curious for people who are standing in that kind of space, like have teenagers that they're not getting along with, uh, what does it look like to start at that point and move towards, you know, at some point this child and I are going to have an adult relationship? How do you lean into that? Well, I think that part of what I see is that we as parents have we have all of these longings to be in relationship with our kids and for our kids to succeed and mm-hmm. to be a certain way and to care for us and and we turn those into demands and we make it very difficult for our kids to function in relationship with us or to move out of the parent adult relationship we don't give them any room to try to practice because mm-hmm. really when you're 15 to 25 you're now trying to figure out how to have an adult relationship with your kids your, or your kids are trying to figure out how to have that relationship with their parents. And the parents are often don't give a lot of freedom for the kids to practice. Mm-hmm. And so there's all these expectations and frustrations with their performances and what they're doing depending on their age and, and a lot of shame built around all the mistakes you made. And mm. and so trying to give kids room to, to reflect on their experience, even though their experience may not be fully true. Mm-hmm. Um, giving ki- listening is a, just listening and asking good questions. No, mm-hmm. I mean, when you have teenagers there, there are times you have to insert yourself because teenagers are really foolish, right? Their brains haven't developed and they're still children. Um, so as they are moving through that, you have to kind of play this game of like, sometimes you're going to insert pretty hard. Mm-hmm. As, as you know no we're going to redirect you and and sometimes that's going to be more painful for you because you're going to see in your children well wow like that deficiency is partly my fault <laughs> in my right. parenting style but you can't go back and change anything you can only say yeah that that may have that was probably hard for you growing up but now it's developed this thing in you and that has to change you know, and so you have to lay down some, you know, directives in that. And I think that moment is, it's a good opportunity to apologize. Yeah. And build forgiveness into the relationship. Yeah. And I think sometimes what we think is that as a parent, if we apologize, then we don't have to have any other consequences for that person. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm sorry I did this mm-hmm. and this is a problem in your life. So let me try to help you out. No, like it's, I'm really sorry. Some of what you're struggling with is my fault. You are a volitional being who can make choices. You can't do this. Right. You can't continue in this direction. Um, but it allows you to have compassion on them and they're struggling it. Yeah. And it gives them an opportunity to engage with your vulnerability. Right. 
I mean, one of the things that I see in my own generation, in particular, the next generation down, so millennial parents, is that we're just millennials more than than the Xers, but we're just afraid to be hard on our children, especially when mm-hmm. they're young. We're afraid to give them, like somehow we think we're going to crush their spirit, and so we we can't discipline them. Right. You know, we can't give them directives. We can't, you know, because they're three or four or five. You know, they don't know. Yes, they do. You know, scripture is pretty clear and you can't, you can't get away from that foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child and the rod drives it far from him. The rod does not have to be a, a weapon that you whack somebody with. The rod is punishment. It's consequence for behavior and foolishness has to be driven out and it's a job and it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think we don't want to do it because when you punish a child, they don't give you what you want. Mm-hmm. They don't say, oh, you're the best parent. I love you. What they do is you see they're not getting what they want and they're sad and then you feel bad and then it's terrible. Right. <laughs> we don't want to do that. So we try to be their friends. I think going back to something you mentioned earlier about God, who God is as a parent, that we also as a society have drifted away from the idea of God existing and have moved away from an idea that authority could be good. And so there also seems to be a strong bent in our culture away from authority, from uh, any of the good that comes from authority. So it's not okay to be an authority figure. It's not okay to expect something of another person, um, which is makes parenting really challenging philosophically. Yes, yes. We, we have moved away from authority because authority has been abusive in our culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've seen abusive things or we've experienced abusive things. And so we don't want to to put that forward. But, I mean, there are some simple things you can do that over time work well, <laughs> I think. Great. One is you have to work really hard from the beginning to sit down and eat with your children. Mm. Because... Research shows that where all the meaningful conversations happen is mm-hmm. at dinner, you know, and, and when the family's together and you can't get up, you have to talk, you have to ask questions because as they get older, politics are going to get talked about, faith is going to get talked about, what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes because kids don't have impulse control, they're going to say the thing that they're struggling with or the thing that happened at school that they didn't think was a big deal, but you as a parent know it's a big deal. Those things are to be revealed. So like having dinner together is super, super important. I think number two, if you have younger children and older children, you should make sure they have regular bedtimes that they stick to Mm -hmm. and that they don't get out of bed. Mm -hmm. And if you have to fight, fight until they stay in bed. Mm -hmm. And don't make, you know, a lot of times what I hear is, Parents make up narratives for their mm-hmm. children's struggles. Don't do that, especially when they're younger. Stop making a narrative for them. Just help them learn some discipline in sleeping and then having meals together. And I think the third thing is, like, you got to get down on the floor and play with them. You have to find the thing. There's mm-hmm. something. And that thing changes. You know, for me and Elliot, it was go out and throw the football. So mm-hmm. we'd go through the football 20 minutes a day. And then it was play basketball together. And, you know, now it's, we go out and and we've done Bible studies together and we play board games together. We have a special Mm -hmm. time together and that's our thing we do. 
Um, or we talk finance. He likes finance, or <laughs> that's what he wants to talk about. Or, um, so those are the older things. When he was, you know, younger, it's, you know, play the Wii together, shoot hoops together, go on walk, do find the thing, and the thing may change, mm-hmm. but do it with them. So have a particular relationship that you're building with them. Build some structure into their life as they grow up. Stay connected. And stay connected. I mean, those are real keys to. And, and you know, I think, and I didn't know this because I didn't know a lot about mindfulness until, you know, the last five years or so. But as a young parent and as I help parents, mindfulness is the key. When you see behaviors happening and you catch yourself sitting in a chair Mm -hmm. and trying to manipulate your children into doing the right thing Mm -hmm. when you catch yourself not entering in with directness and bringing consequence when you said there was a consequence or redirecting with firmness Mm -hmm. know that you're 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 backing away from your children Mm -hmm. ask yourself why am i backing away right now what's going on why why do i not want to enter in um with you know a a correction or a redirection yeah or a a harder talk when the kids get older Mm mm-hmm what am I afraid of? Why am I moving away from those things? I think that would be helpful. Nice. Well, I think we have just scratched the surface. Of parenting. Yeah. It's hopefully you create a lot of questions. Big topic. Yes. Yeah. So are we done? Well, you said 13 minutes. Oh. <laughs> well. You've been listening to Healing City with Sue Seepin and Eric Seepin on Parenting. Have a great day. Yay, thanks. <laughs> You've been listening to Healing the City podcast with Eric and Susan Seepin. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.